1: All the fallout from Jordan Ngoi's charges in New York throughout the course of the day. And we'll also listen to the fallout from Australia's absolute debacle of a loss against the Poms. And, of course, Time On is your say on the news of the day. 1-300-736-736. Uh, yes, indeed. Welcome to Time On. Sam Hargrove is with you. hope you've had as good a day as you possibly can wherever you're spending it. However you're spending it, it is wonderful to have your company, however you're finding us, wherever you're finding us, one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 is the number to call to have your say on the news of the day. As always, I'd like to thank anyone who got a test today, anyone who got vaccinated, and all the frontline workers are just doing a sensational job. Uh, and what a weekend. So not, it wasn't brilliant weather all weekend. Today has been a cracking day in Melbourne, and I hope it has been where you are. Um I've said this a couple of times, that the the weather we've had as we re-emerge and reconnect with each other uh, in a meaningful fashion, uh, face-to-face, uh, out and about, we, has been just a wonderful um, gift from Mother Nature, hasn't it? it? It has really helped with what we're all trying to do, um, figure out how to have social conversations out in public again, um, figure out how to act um, in bars and Restaurants, saw a couple of people struggling with that over the course of the weekend, uh, which was interesting. Um, but I hope you're able to uh, get out there and enjoy some quality time with the people that you love and have missed. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 is the number to call to have your say on the news of the day. 433 is the Temper text line. Temper, a mattress like no other. So a uh, story that broke over the course of the weekend uh, was Jordan Degoe, um being involved in an incident in a New York nightclub, uh, the fallout of which has seen he and his mate uh, charged with forceful touching and assault. Uh, he's got legal representation over there now, apparently, according to a Herald Sun report, the same guy that represented Harvey Weinstein. Uh, so he's set to reappear in court on December 8th. Um, the charges that he has been charged with, as I said, forcible touching and assault. Um, according to the Herald Sun report, who have got um, copies of the uh, the charges um, say that both are accused of having grabbed private areas outside of the clothing without permission of a 35-year-old woman. Her friend was reportedly outraged and stepped in. Uh, Dyson allegedly struck the 37-year-old male in the face with a glass while Degoe punched with a closed fist and kicked the man, uh, the NYPD has said. So those are really serious charges, as we know. And uh of course the response throughout the course of the day, I'm going to take you through and you can have your say on it. One 736 736 Jordan Degoey has pled not guilty to those two charges at this stage. Um but Collingwood, who have stood him down, now face a very they face a very, very big decision on whether that this is just one too many times with Jordan Degoe or do they stand by their player who they, for all intents and purposes, did favour in, in front of Adam Trelaw when they had the salary cap squeeze of last year that they still have going to this day. Um, they don't haven't established uh, their president yet. There's still board issues, but it was every sense uh, a new era emerging at Collingwood. And do they see Jordan Ngoi as being a part of that new era under new coach Craig McRae and what will be a new president as well. So, this has been the response throughout the course of the day. Jerry uh, Waitley this morning uh, from 9am every day on Jordan DeGowie. DeGowie's
2: first and principal issue is whether he'll be found guilty, whether he'll be convicted, and whether he'll serve jail time. His second issue will be with the AFL integrity investigation, a process with which the 25 year old is familiar. The third, and this will be the most interesting. It will be with his employer, Collingwood. degowie has been on the brink with his club previously, but that was under a regime that protected the asset at all cost. Collingwood has made a determined effort to change over recent months, and you'd say it has been in the midst of cultural upheaval. Through this episode, we'll learn how committed the club is to recast its values and its standards. Will Collingwood tear up Degoe's contract. Will they sack their most dynamic player? For the players' part, Degoy had been speaking in recent days of understanding how significant the final year of his contract was, the awakening, the commitment to his footy, to his preparation. They were just words, weren't they? The training boot camp and the fawning coverage that the penny had finally dropped seems sycophantic now. Come round one, Dugowie might still be in the hands of the New York justice system. If he's not, he'll either be serving a lengthy suspension or he will have been sacked. This incident is being used as the trigger to reignite the no-fault stand-down policy. The AFL has resisted such approach, such an approach. The NRL has it, but it has proven terribly vexed. It's a worthy and necessary debate, but just as was the case with the previous charges Dugowie was facing before they were dropped the threshold for such a policy would be higher than this current instance so it wouldn't apply in this case it is a worthy and necessary debate but it is not relevant in this particular
1: instance. Jerry Whateley on the Jordan Ngoi situation on SEN this morning Sam Ebbin and Dwayne Russell filling in for Gary and Tim who are back on Wednesday from 6am discussed Jordan Ngoi as well.
5: This guy's AFL career Dwayne I don't think we're overstating things to say is. Very much at the crossroads. Serious assault charges he's facing in a Manhattan court. He has pleaded not guilty to charges of forcible touching and assault. Where does this go from here, Dwayne Russell? Well, you're the news guy. You tell me, does he come home and then go back? or does He's he... applied. They're, they're working through that. His manager Ryan Vague, uh, just a, as reported by The Age. They're working on and uh, they've been in conversation with the AFL Players Association yesterday um, about whether he can return to Australia before uh, reappearing in court over in the US. That would appear unclear at the moment. I'd say this isn't even the third strike for Jordan to go, though. That third strike would be putting it loose. So this is more like the fifth... Or six strike, is it not? Well, I mean, they've got an issue, obviously, to
4: sort out in a hurry. But it does come down to how this plays out in the US as to what we do in Australia, doesn't it? I mean, what happens there with the court case first and foremost, the AFL waits. Integrity, yep, they wait. So they wait and Collingwood waits to see what happens in the US first and then makes a decision based on that. Is that the way it'll transpire? That, that is
5: exactly the way it'll okay. transpire. So the court will judge whether is found guilty, of course, of assault and forcible touching. They both bring jail terms of a year at their maximum, but alternatively six years probation for what is officially labelled a sex crime. Even if he doesn't do time over there, he will be known as a as a sex offender. So Collingwood has already suspended him for three games when he lied about the broken hand suffered in a bar fight only three years ago. For most, going back to that, that would be their wake-up call, would it not?
1: Sam Evan, Dwayne Russell filling in for Gary and Tim on SEN Breakfast. Kane Corns uh, on SEN SA. Kane and Hazy this morning didn't hold back either.
6: Yeah, I reckon this is it for him. I, I don't. I don't know if there's a way back for him. And people will say, "Well, hang on, he's he's innocent until proven guilty." That 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 is that is true, and that is what we found out with the latest charge that he has had. But regardless of what has happened. The fact that he's put himself into this position and has been escorted from a jail in New York, and these images are beaming back to Australia with American reporters going, What do you got to see for the Collingwood fans? It's yes. just it's just a mess. And with a new coach coming in for Collingwood, you don't want to be held up by the old guard. And Collingwood have had issues in this space for a long time with the brat pack and, you know, that sort of cheeky nature about the players, they push the boundaries a little bit. You can't get away with it now. You, you, you can't do it. So if I'm um, Craig McRae and Collingwood acted so swiftly, they the media knew about this before Collingwood knew about it. Mm-hmm. So Channel 7 broke this story through Mitch Cleary. Clear. He rang Collingwood and said, um, what have you got to say? I don't know what he said, but I'm assuming he said, what have you got to say about Jordan DeGoey being arrested? And they've gone, sorry? They didn't even know about it. Like this is, it's an embarrassment for them. Uh, It's an embarrassment for Jordan Ngoi and I think we'll see him at AFL level. I think some club will get sucked in to him, uh, whether it's at the end of next year or whether he plays sort of half a season for Collingwood this year after being banned for half of the year. I don't know the way that it's going to play out, but this is essentially almost, I would think, the end of his career in a meaningful way.
1: Kane Corns uh, on SENSA today he also jumped on with Jerry Waitley and spoke to him, SEN.com.au or the SEN app to hear those full chats. So, is this curtains on the career of Jordan DeGoey? John in Good day, John.
7: Yeah, g'day. Thank you. Look, very disappointed as a Collingwood supporter. Mm. Um, and, and I've listened to all the feedback, and uh, in particular, Kane Corns. Now, uh, I don't like the fact that everybody's expecting a response that Collingwood should sack him regardless because it may just be a little bit irresponsible and perhaps handing a club you know in 12 months time a free kick and you know a, a player that that might hurt him no longer now if it all comes you know innocent until proving guilty but if it, if it's a lesser offense and it, it ends up being not as um, you know not as uh, tragic as it sounds even though it is a misdemeanor I think uh, the responsible thing by the Pires would be to give him a, a pretty big suspension uh, and, and obviously that's sort of, uh, that the, he's not going to be able to negotiate the massive contract that he originally was going to, but he needs to have a big uh, suspension, perhaps come in the second part of the year and, and, and see what he does. And if Collingwood still don't want him in their system, perhaps to look at trading him out. Because if you sacked him, You'd get nothing for him. It would hurt the club. And then you would hand somebody uh, a freebie. Because like Kane Corn said, somebody will pick him up at some stage. Somebody will take the risk, hoping that you know he's turned the corner. So I don't want to see if it's proven that he hasn't committed the crimes that he has, because uh, that's important, then I don't think Collarwood should sack him. Um, I think they should basically look at you know how they can best benefit the club. Uh, and look at other revenues. Um, that's just my spin on that. Um, you know, and like I said again, very, very disappointed. But perhaps this is a salary cap relief that the players needed, regardless of whether it's without the Gully or a Gully with um, you know a lesser amount, with, uh, with a base or closer to base salary. But I think it's got to somehow work for Collingwood, not the Gully.
1: John, thank you for your call and, and, and I understand the the football um, avenue in which you're wanting to go down the The interesting uh, thing that I think you said there for mine was uh, what 's best for the Collingwood football club what 's in their best interest and culture at the moment is absolutely in their best interest and absolutely Jordan degoy uh, deserves the right and is entitled to the uh, assumption of innocence until proven guilty. but we now have a, a second incident. Um, involving a woman. He had indecent assault charges from 2015 uh, withdrawn from prosecutors the second time they'd come up. Um, DeGoey was awarded legal costs for that. In 2018, he actually wrote an apology to the woman involved in the altercation at the Harp of Erin in Kew, where he apologised for the language that he used and said that he would take undertake counselling to better understand um, the way in which he speaks and interacts with women. Um, and he maintained his innocence throughout that, and that should be noted... As well, but he did go and have that education. The AFL players themselves get extra education in this space, above and beyond what you would get in your everyday life from your parents and your peers and your school and everything like that. So there's a, another incident that's occurred here, and re, whether he was in the right or the wrong, and whether it might have been a misunderstanding, and again, innocent till proven guilty, understand all that. But there's something that's happened that has upset someone, and the result of which has been a fight. And as you saw, and what we know is. What the police charges say is that uh, a, a, a man was bottled uh, and then by his friend, allegedly, the charges say, and then he uh, punched and kicked that person according to the charges and that, of course, is allegedly uh, at the moment. So there is an issue for Collingwood here. There's broader social issues at play here, but there is an issue for Collingwood here. Even if he is found not guilty, there is an incident that has occurred again when he was supposed to be over there under a special exemption to train as part of a deal with Monster Energy. And that was the part that sort of, whilst I, I may have got caught up in last week as well and sucked into the, gee, look at Jordan Ngoi turning over a new leaf. He was over there because he was getting paid to be over there, my understanding is. That could be wrong, but it was part of his association with Monster. So it's not like this was something where he'd gone away privately and um, with no fanfare at all to, 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 to grind it out, sort of Rocky Four style in the wilderness. This was something that was being promoted uh, he was over there with a the special exemption when people haven't been able to travel to see family members and have been separated from them. And there were photos coming out last week of partying in LA and now there's partying in New York. And people will say, well, he was in his off season and he's allowed to have a good time and everything like that. But this is someone who's trying to reinvent their image to try and and show that they are 100% committed to being the best footballer they can be. Yeah, this is. This might just be a bridge too far uh, to come back from from a Collingwood point of view, even if he is found innocent. But, John, thank you for the call. I greatly appreciate it. Mark's in smash. Good G'day, Mark. Hey, Sam. How you going? I'm good, buddy. Thanks for calling. No worries. More than happy to. <laughs> I agree
8: with the previous caller, a couple of calls or last call. No, he's done calling with the biggest favour known to man. He's absolutely saved him. If they keep him, he'll get minimum chips. Probably shave 500k off the salary cap, or his Gonski. But Colin Collingwood have had a bit of a run, bad run with players with women issues, and I think we uh, are going to have to make a sacrifice sooner or later for the for the ladies. To say we're not going to cop this sort of stuff anymore, and uh, we've got too many too many women members now with the club, and you got them. Plus, they've got the women's AFL team as well, so. Doesn't help the cause there, but if the bottle thing's the uh, if the bottle thing's true, that's I think the biggest problem because it's like assault with a deadly weapon. Um, bottles can do a lot of damage. Um, yeah, that that, so that his think...
1: his friend has been charged with that, not Jordan himself. Um, that's that's part, fine. that's part of the that's charges fine. to the to the other bloke.
8: And the last thing I'd be interested to see see when you're trying to do a fitness thing and that you shouldn't be trying to drink too much alcohol. I'd just like
1: to know if you go drug testing so, oh, yeah again that that would be casting an aspersion that 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 isn't in uh it it isn't um incumbent on us to to do that, and we don 't want to uh make accusations uh, and speculations what we know is just what we 've seen in the photos and and what we understand to have been the case over there mark um but mate, uh, agree with the the points you were making earlier um, about um the, the the way this looks and and the broader message that we want to be sending. Uh, so I, I, I thank you for making that contribution. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. Justin Quill, by the way, um, who is uh, a lawyer, um, who spoke to Andy and Gazy uh, a little earlier, who spoke about what's likely to happen from a legal point of view. There's a few things uh,
4: to say. First, first thing is, when we say the case is going to be heard on December 8th, that's when it's due back in court next. Okay, right. that, doesn't mean, you know, that doesn't mean that uh, we'll have a full-blown trial on December 8th. In fact, that's almost certainly not what will happen. Um, on December 8th, that's the time when he would likely go back and say, um, I'm not guilty, mm-hmm. and then they set a course for a proper trial and a hearing that would be down the track somewhere. Or or he might say, uh, I, I plead guilty. Um, and, if you, and he might do that in part, or maybe because he thinks he is, if that's the case, uh, or because he wants to get back to Australia quicker. Uh, and uh, uh, that, that, that might happen on December 8th, that he, he might plead guilty. We'll have to wait and see. In the meantime, I think he'll be free free to go, um, go you know, walk around in the US, but but probably not travel back to Australia. And that's why I raised the possibility that he might plead guilty in part to get himself home sooner.
1: So that's Justin Quill speaking to uh, Andy and Gazy today on SEN Drive. Um, The initial plead, he initially pled not guilty from what we have had reported and what is being reported. Um, But that might be uh, for what he thinks might happen when they do reconvene um, in, uh, in court. So there's a fair bit to play out in this at the moment. And the point that is being well made, and I think Mark made it before, the idea and the understanding was that this whole trip was a a fitness trip. This was a, um, you know, a pre, pre-season sort of trip. Um, and there's a couple of people that are texting, that will text in and say, well, he's in his off-season, he's allowed to enjoy it himself. But that wasn't the purpose of this trip from what we were led to believe. Um, so the idea that, yeah, it's almost like, a, were we conned by all that? Uh, obviously, there's much more important and bigger issues at at play in this in relation to the charges but from a football point of view you just yeah from a football well in every facet of this you shake your head and think what on earth but when you look at it through the football lens as well you think you must be kidding me mate you absolutely must be kidding me uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number to have you say on that. We'll turn our attention to the Australian cricket team. The fallout from that's been pretty substantial. Um, the way in which England dealt with Australia was uh, not unlike how most big nations deal with the minnows at these World Cups. Australia were pantsed. That was a uh, that was a didn't pot a ball. Drop your dax. Run around the table. That's as bad as performance as you are going to see um, at a World Cup. From Australia, and the response has been pretty strong uh, off the back of it. This is time on SEN. Uh, some of your texts coming through in relation to Jordan Goey. we'll read them before we get to uh, the response and the fallout from uh, Australia's absolute capitulation. They were pantsed by England um, in the wee small hours of Sunday morning uh, by the Poms, and uh, Australia's inability to grasp the complexities of the T20 game. Rear their ugly head again, one uh, 736 to have your say on that zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen off the temper text, temper mattress, like no other. Some of your responses to the Jordan Nagowie uh, situation uh, enough is enough with these rat bags that 's from Alex with an angry emoji, uh, yes, Sam, he is on his off season trip he 's allowed to go out and have a drink, but obviously he 's not mature enough to do it in a sensible manner, uh, and I agree with that, and the point I was making before is that wasn 't me saying he 's allowed, that was me saying I know that 's what we 're going to get from some people. And that's fine. You you can say that. But if there was anybody in the AFL who probably couldn't afford and probably shouldn't be going to do that, it is Jordan go. The whole thing is we wanted to show the new image, the new commitment, the new dedication to a training regime and coming back fitter than they've ever been. That was supposed to be the purpose uh, of the trip, um, not a, a party tour. So go out for dinner, enjoy your time, but shirt off, nightclub, nightclub. Um, Bathrobe, and look, I'm, <laughs> I'm not one to, to judge someone having a good time, but I also haven't had how many chances with my employer in regards to the way I conduct myself off the field. And you know, 2017, suspended and fined for lying about being involved in a bar fight where he broke his hand. To go, he told the club he suffered the injury playing with his dog, but later admitted he broke it in an altercation at a St Kilda bar. Uh, Three-week suspension at that point as well. And uh, there's more to that list as well. Um, there, As I said, there are more significant issues in regards to this, especially if the charges are proven to be true. Um, but in terms of the football angle to this, this is not someone who could have afforded to be seen on social media to going out having a real knees-up good old time when the whole purpose of the trip that he got a special exemption for um, as part of a, a, an ambassadorship with Monster was to go and train and to be fit, and to be ready to earn that big contract, or even earn the money that he's on now because he, considering he's being overpaid. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Sam, love the show. Not a Collingwood supporter. The guy has taken the P155 out of Collingwood for too long to go over there on a fitness trip, and then Instagram his every move. Um, uh, trying to live uh, a certain lifestyle in a footballer's job. Um, he will never, ever learn. Uh, and the, that, that uh, text goes on, which I won't be able to probably read all of that, um, Ronnie, but I, I appreciate the text uh, as well. Um, Dean, live by the sword, you die by the sword. Come on, to goey, time to wake up. Well, that's it. How many times do we, do we think, well, how many times have we been sucked in? If we had a penny for every time, oh, the penny's finally dropped. If we were, when we were being told that from Jordan to Togui, oh, the penny's finally dropped, we'd be rich. He wouldn't need the new contract. He'd be loaded. If we had a penny and he had a penny for every time, apparently the penny's dropped. One three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number, uh, and those are some of the texts coming through. So I appreciate all of those. Um, Steve's in Fern Tree Gully. Before we move on to the Aussie cricket team, g'day, Steve. Yeah, g'day. How are you going? Yeah, good. Thanks. Yeah, look,
9: just on the Goey um, frustrated Collingwood supporter. Um, the only comment I'd make is that if he's guilty, and, and you know I think it's we've all got to be mindful of if if he's guilty, Collingwood should sack him. Um, But I also think the AFL should support Collingwood if they sack him by deregistering him so that he cannot be picked up by another club. I I just think it would be really poor um, if Collingwood do the right thing here and sack him, if that's what he's done, um, and show some strength and send a strong message to the football industry that this stuff's not acceptable. But then for another club to come along and, and pick him up I just think that that's that's something that the I think the AFL has to stand strong behind Collingwood here
1: yeah Steve, that's an interesting one isn't it and it, and and you're right if and we have to keep reiterating um, that innocent or proven guilty understand all of that, but you're right if if proven guilty on this and Collingwood do terminate the contract it's it's something we see a lot in the NRL, the deregistration. be a real test case for the AFL because I don't know if this is an area really where they've had to um, they've had to adjudicate on very often someone will correct me if i'm wrong but my mind's not instantly going to uh, another situation where this has happened does one spring to mind for you steve where a player's been had their contract torn up and and the afl's had to give the the okay for them to be um, picked up by another club no look not not torn up i mean there was obviously the the the
9: um the, the famously matthews where i think he was deregistered for four weeks but that was for a an on-field incident, uh, which was which is different. But uh, I, I I just think I I, I just think that, that you know if Colling would have to sack him here, and they're giving up a pretty you know a pretty talented player, um, a player that's um, you know is going to be important to its future. I I just think that um, he should not be able to to play again. I I just think it's poor form that you know these guys sort of think, oh well, look if I stuff up you know, uh, Collingwood sacked me off, that's fine. Someone else will pick me up and, you know, I'll be, I'll be okay. I, 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 just, I just think that's wrong. I think if it's, if, it's, um, uh, if it's bad enough that he gets sacked, I think he, should, he shouldn't be allowed to play at another club for a period of time. For this sort of incident, I, um, you know, for, especially for this type of incident.
1: Steve, thanks very much for the call. I think you make a really interesting point in it. And again, if that's how things turn out, it will be, um, well, a pivotal moment. Um, for the AFL. Uh, Craig in Mount Martha. G'day, Craig.
8: Good evening, Sam. How you going? Rob? right?
1: I'm, I'm really well. Thanks for calling. That's way, that's right. No worries.
0: Look, um, you know, when you think about it over, you know, 30, 40, 50 years, you know, the AFL, VFL has been littered, you know, history's littered with, um, I ain't got rat bag, but, you know, the guys like this that have indiscretions, and they're just, in my opinion, they're just boys being boys, you know, but, um, Problem is that you know when you when you're getting like to go, he might be getting fifteen grand a week or whatever. What do you do with the money if you haven't got a family and you're not investing it or whatever? Um, you know it doesn't take much to to, to be on the wrong side of, of things when you're a, a young black like that. And you know, years ago, that you know you look at the Sam Kekoviches, the Brent Krozels, the Robbie Muir's, You go on and on. They most of them had jobs and had to go to in their off time. Um, so. You know I don't think this is anything new I just think with media social media and that sort of stuff it's just been over oh, uh emphasized mostly nowadays, you know so it's uh you know I mean he's, he's uh you do the crime you do the time and you know it's I don't think anyone's really hurt in this whole situation There's, you
1: know, uh yeah, you know I don't know, know if Craig. I might jump in there I don't know if you've read the charge sheet but um, I think you need to have a read of the charge sheet before you say that no one's been hurt in this. Uh, I'd just uh, maybe make that suggestion to you. Uh appreciate you ringing in to, to give your viewpoint, but I, I think boys being boys, I don't remember that ever applying to, um, as per the charge sheet, someone having a bottle hit across their face and then being punched and kicked while they're on the ground. And more importantly, I don't remember boys being boys um, as forcible touching. Yes, these are charges and yes, innocent until proven guilty, but those charges—that's not boys being boys, Craig. Sorry, I don't. I think that's being really flippant, uh, and I think that's almost being, um, yeah, uh, disrespectful, and, and a line that, that 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 that's you know that's just not where we want to go down. Um, I appreciate the call, nonetheless. Though, and I want to thank you for for ringing up, um, but yeah, boys being boys—I don't know if that's ever been um, we've ever passed that off as anything remotely like what these charges. Uh, are saying and i think it's um irresponsible of us to to throw to throw that terminology up in this particular situation um but i appreciate the call Uh, 1300 736 736 is the number apparently um and i don't know the full details of this i I will get them um brayden maynard and jeremy howe there's a grab from channel 7 i don't know the circumstances in which they've been spoken to but this audio has just been passed through from julio and let's have a listen
5: He's obviously made another mistake and he's got to pay for whatever that, whatever that may be. And um, yeah, I'll just send him a message to say, mate, I'm I'm here for you no matter what.
3: And it's not going to be like, like sit you in a room, let's just grill you for an hour. It's like, <laughs> we just want to know you're all right. Um, how do you find yourself in a situation and how can we avoid it next time, given it's not the first time?
1: Uh, that audio, courtesy of Channel 7 News. So that's Braden Maynard and Jeremy Howe uh, from the Collingwood Footy Club speaking um about what's happened and and that is another part of this too that as you heard from Kane Corns that they didn't find out about this uh, until Mitch Cleary rang them up to get a comment uh, about it as well it is um it is an uh, uh, it is a requirement of players when they find themselves in these situations to report them straight away um one 736 736 is the number um Matt in Berwick, I think, wants to have a quick chat before we get to the ad break. Um, Matt, hello to you.
0: Are you there? It's Matt here.
1: It's Sam here, Matt. You're on air. How
0: are you going, Sammy? I just wanted to reply, and I think you did it pretty well anyway, but the guy who just rang in and said it's boys being boys, um, I think if he had a daughter who maybe was on the receiving end of that probably wouldn't view it the same way as boys being boys. I think it's probably times have gone by where you, you can accept that as... Um, appropriate behaviour and just brush it off as it's boys being boys. I just, um, I think there's enough of that for happening and enough
1: people get away with it and they shouldn't. Matt, I, I appreciate it. Thanks very much for, for, for ringing in and uh, and sharing that viewpoint uh, as it is a really important one. Uh, and um, without, uh, obviously, we're not going to do a pile-on of Craig or anything like that. And maybe it was just a the, a, a miss, you know, maybe he just misspoke. Um, but, yeah, we certainly can't let that one go through to the keeper, this, uh, the charges of this nature being... Um, waved away as as boys being boys. Uh, So Matt, thank you very much for uh, assisting in that area. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, We'll turn our attention to the Aussie cricket team next on Time On. Time On with Sam Hargraves on SEM.
8: I just
2: think they're not very good, to be honest, uh, and that's uh, it's not often you say that about an Australian cricket side. Look, I think they will win the Ashes, let's separate that out. I think they've got a very strong Test lineup, um, but in terms of their their T20 performance and even their Test cricket on the road, to be honest, it's it's pretty average.
1: That was Brendan McCullum, uh, Kiwi cricketing legend on S E N Z this morning. Uh, Running down Australia's performance um, against England, or lack thereof, an eight-wicket loss uh, to England, never, ever looked like it. Did that game with Chuck Berry. Hopefully we're catching up with Chuck after 7 o'clock. He was particularly um, passionate about uh, what Australia need to do, and it would almost seem that, like, there's almost a resistance, a stubbornness about embracing T20 cricket the way that successful countries are. Um, it would almost seem that we're we're digging our heels into our own detriment in persisting with doing it um, with a team that very rarely plays together. Of course, the last two series have been uh, a thrown together side. Some of the players pulling out for IPL. Um, we certainly don't have the consistency in this space um, that other countries do. And until we do, we're not going to have the success that other countries do. Uh, it's as simple as that. We're trying to shoehorn a Test lineup into a T20 lineup. We've got four openers playing um, in, in a side. Uh, and two of them are being used as finishers and throwing around a batting order that even moving the guys that have had success up the order uh, against England, it just the 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 tactics or lack thereof are just very very confusing. The whole thing. Um, thanks to Craig, by the way, who rang back from Mount Martha, who. Um, had made the boys being boys comment has actually gone just wanted to ring back. And he wanted to say that he actually gone and read the charges now and got an understanding of what's happened and wanted to just ring back and say, absolutely do not condone that in any way, shape or form. And um, so thank you, Craig, for ringing back. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Um, let's keep moving with the Australian cricket side. So that was Brendan McCullum, uh, Bryce McGain, uh, test player for Australia, part of the SEN family. Um, has been part of our big bash coverage for the last few years. Um, he spoke on SEN today to the boys on Breakfast, Sam Edmund and Dwayne Russell, um, about the loss to England.
3: We got flexed on, didn't we? <laughs> of One of the real good T20 nations, they, they really did flex on us. And we were comprehensively beaten in all departments. They, they bowled superbly. They didn't allow our batsmen to really get going. And, you know, we can have a look at the team selection. But the players that are in there, they're, they're our, our best and most capable Having said that, they may be a bit out of position. We'll, we'll delve into that in a second. But when they batted Joss Butler, fair dinkum, like he just went bananas. He knew our plan. And I think we've just shared too much about how we're going to go about it. So, um, and, and particularly Hazelwood, he's been really good. Um, you know, they were just going to bash a length, back of a length. That's where we wanted a bowl. And it was so public. And all he did is just skip down and launch us into the stands, into the top deck of these stands. So, He was superb, so we we really got a wake-up call and we can't afford to slip up another one because we will be out. The reason I thought we got our mojo back last game is because we had some real clarity about our team. We had a great start, so then Mitch Marsh doesn't come in in the power play at the start. We can use his firepower at the end, his hitting power at the end, so that's fine, and we put up Glenn Maxwell and then Smith could do his thing and Stoinis could do his thing. So it worked out really well. Then Marsh goes out of the team. So you don't have the power hitting at the top of the order. This is when the matches get won. It gets won in the power play. You have to be able to keep going and keep scoring. And having Mitch Marsh come out, Steve Smith is more of your accumulator in T20. Yes, he can hit the boundary when he needs to and hit the ball to 360 degrees, but you just need your power hitters to stand up and really keep motoring, even if you lose one or two, and boldly, even if you lose three wickets in the power play, you have to get your score up while the ball's new and then you can, your accumulators can do the rest. You Very rarely are going to get bowled out if you're actually setting the formula that way. And I think it just looked like we're in disarray again. We looked unbalanced. Justin Langer did say right after our first victory, he said, we're going to play the extra batter in these conditions mm. because our bowling, we trust it. Now we've changed it. How has it changed after we've played two good games? I I, I just... And this is the difficulty with Australian T20 cricket at the international level, is that we don't appear to know what our formula is, we don't know what our game plan is, and it changes all the time.
1: So that was Bryce McGain, and, and those sentiments are going to be echoed by everyone that I'm going to play to you following this up. So across the board commentators around cricket are saying we don't have the correct strategy we don't implement the correct selections and we don't approach this game in a way that is going to see us have success and there's a couple of people off the text uh saying it's a pointless slap bang version of the game who cares uh 2020 is a mickey mouse tournament no one cares about it well the icc do uh, and the most powerful organization in cricket the bcci the union um border cricket control They care about it so much so that they've just spent billions on two new IPL franchises. It is the future of the game. It is, apart from women's cricket, it is the highest growth area of cricket and will probably overtake uh, and put 50-50 cricket, I think, into the shade eventually. So this is where the game is going. Um, And Australia are either going to go with it. And we were supposed to host this tournament. We were actually supposed to host this until COVID reared its ugly head. There's not a whole lot of things positive that COVID's done, but maybe the humiliation that we uh, have just had put on us um, is much better away from home soil than on it. That might be one of the only good things um, that, that COVID's done because that is not a performance that we'd want to see uh, on a home deck. And doing the games with Chuck Berry, even though Australia were 2-0 and after their first two games, he still had major questions in regards to you know the win against South Africa, there was plenty of holes to pick in that for him and, and the win against Sri Lanka as well, where they contributed probably just as much as Australia to the overall result. And Chuck's going to join us at 7.30. He's been an absolute thrill to be doing uh, the T20 World Cup games with him. This was Shane Maughan, uh on the uh, summing up the Aussie T20 problems.
10: And this for me with Australian T20 cricket is just don't play together. Yeah, yeah. This team and the combinations don't play together at all consistently. When you're playing as a team that does have that combination playing all the time, just never playing as a group and expecting to be able to turn things on against world-class teams. And this is where England, combinations, they're very settled, exposing the Aussies. Yes, the question is, why don't they play more together as a group? That's a question that I've been asking for the last 10 or 12 years. It doesn't make sense the only way you're going to play really well as a team is playing together, like England have been doing, like India do. And when you come up against a team that have got every base covered like England, that's when teams do get exposed. The little chinks, the little little holes in the teams get very exposed. And this is Australia's being very exposed tonight.
1: That was Shane Watson. I think I said Shane Warren throwing to that. That was Shane Watson summing up the Aussie T20 problems. And that's across the board. As I said, I've got audio here of Ian Chappell. Uh, Shane Warren has spoken about it. Adam Gilchrist has spoken about it. Crash Craddock, as we know, has spoken about it. Um, every single person is is hymning from. He- hemming, hemming. I'll just combine hymning and singing. Singing from the same hymn book about Australia and our approach to, our selection around, and our strategy for T20 cricket. And when will the penny drop for us? Um, off the text, I'd be wrapped to scrape into the semifinals from that group. Bayless in straight after to build for next year's World T20. Daniel in Lilydale. We've got this tournament next year. Um, we're still, at the moment, we're outside the top two where we need to be. South Africa have leapfrogged us. Um, and we're in third position in our group. The top two get through to the knockout stages. Uh, Ben's in Perth. G'day, Ben.
7: Yeah, g'day, mate. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, just excuse my ignorance, but uh, someone
1: out there or yourself may know the answer. In regards to rebuilding, we see it in football all the time. Can a cricket team rebuild from the start and actually go, OK, well, it's
7: going to take us a year or two and go forward. Secondary, you see in the rugby league, you've got all your normal teams through the NRL. And then when it comes to state of origin, it's a specific coach choosing a specific team for that specific game or series. Does that happen in 2020 cricket? Can you have a secondary coach that is just concentrating on
1: specific players that are in specific positions yep. in the batting lineup, in the bowling order, field in so forth just for a tournament? Ben, it's a great question and you're 100% right. Of course we can. We can do. We can have three different coaches, one for T20, one for Test and one for One Day Internationals, if you like. And your example of what happens in NRL and uh, State of Origin is 100% right. Go and have a look at how they pick the Dally M team of the year. They pick the best player in that position, bad luck. They pick prop of the year. They pick winger of the year. They pick 5'8 of the year. They pick fullback of the year as opposed to our All-Australian selectors in the AFL that try as many ways as possible to shoehorn as many midfielders into our team of the year as they possibly can. If you were looking for an analogy about Australia's approach to T20 cricket, it's the AFL approach to the All-Australian side, not the NRL approach to the M team of the year. And all the smart cricket pundits, all the legends of the game, all the experts are saying to them, you cannot... Just shoehorn a test side into a T20 side. You've got to pick people in specific positions. We'll talk to Chuck Berry more about this, but it's all about matchups in T20 cricket. He's been saying that over the last uh, three games of coverage. It's all about matchups and picking the right people in the right position. Steve Smith, who in the top three batters in the world, Shane Warne saying that you, he actually shouldn't be in the T20 side – Joe Root, who actually scored the most runs for England at the last T20 World Cup, he's not in this side because he's not deemed to be in the best T20 players. He's probably the most in-form batter in the world right now in a test format, but they say, sorry, but that's just, you're just not in our best T20 side. So England have got this right. They don't, it's not about, you know, everybody wanting to play every format of the game. It's about, we'll pick the best side for the format in which we're playing one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. We might finish up with a couple of uh, Melbourne Cup uh, bits and pieces uh, before we get into the sporting capital. And it is a Monday, so heroes and villains from seven on the sporting capital. That's up next after time on SEN.
7: Yeah, no, she's um, she's obviously Chris and the team just wanted to make sure she was spot on. Um, left it to the right to the last minute to make sure every box is ticked and um, her, her piece of work on. So they was. Just lovely, really, really nice building work. Um, just felt really well within herself. She bounced out of that nicely and um, she'll head to the cup in good form. She'll be, I think she'll be very hard to beat.
1: That's James McDonald, arguably the best jockey in the country right now, speaking to Jerry Waitley, sen.com.au or the SEN app to hear the full chat on the podcast. He will be piloting very elegant nine-time Group 1 winner in the Melbourne Cup uh, tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be a massive day of coverage on SEN Track and throughout the day on SEN as well. Um, very elegant. Uh, in at around $13 at the moment. Horse of the Year last year. Uh, seventh in the uh, Melbourne Cup last year. Uh, 2400 and over. Three out of three Group 1s and was third in the Cox Plate as well. Um, Great to hear Jason Richardson on the station again today. Uh, he had this to say about the favourite, uh, the the shortest price favourite since Farlap in 1930 at a dollar seventy three. at uh, is at two thirty at the moment.
8: Well, I think it's it, going to be a
4: short, maybe the shortest favourite since um, Farlap. So keep in mind, Might and Power, who bolted in the Caulfield Cup by seven, and then was a seven to two favourite. Back in 1997, uh, D was a three dollar sixty favourite when she won her second, but she was a four dollar forty favourite the following year. Yeah. So, I mean, might and power. Let's alone was a three dollar favourite, but when this is this is six, he's going to be six to four. So that's back in... that's in the farlap territory. Look, no chance, not even a gunpoint would I be backing him at two dollar thirty.
1: Jason Richardson uh, talking about incentivised. Peter Moody, uh, Brett Preble, the pilot tomorrow, um, won nine in a row and three Group Ones in a row, including the Caulfield Cup. Great story from uh, a, an, an unknown in Queensland. Steve Traeger uh, started to get six wins in a row. And then uh, Bray Sikowski gets involved, Pete Moody as well. And this could be one of the great racing stories. Sporting Capital up next.